0: This episode is sponsored by SNAC. SNAC stands for Special Needs Activity Center for Kids. SNAC is now written with an asterisk to indicate it is also for adults. The mission of SNAC, a 501c3 not for profit organization, is to fill a void in the lives of children, teens, and adults with autism spectrum disorders and other similar developmental and behavioral disabilities by providing unique programs designed and staffed to address their needs. SNAC also provides pre-vocational training and supported employment opportunities. SNAC's mission is accomplished by offering a variety of group and individual activities to provide these children, teens, and adults with the help they need to thrive. The opportunity to make friends, improve skill levels, build confidence, work, and participate in activities that typical people do every day and have some fun. Visit snacknyc.com. On this episode, we have Jackie Sianso. Jackie was born and raised in New York and began her career in the textile industry and working for a family business. When her oldest son was diagnosed with autism, Jackie created a program for him when she saw that there were no meaningful alternatives for his education. Founded originally as SNAC and now called Snack Asterisk, the name stands for Special Needs Activity Center for Kids and Adults. It has grown significantly over the years and enables children, teens, and adults on the autism spectrum to thrive.
1: Jackie, thank you so much for being on our show.
2: Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here. I'm telling you, after looking at the other folks that have been included, I'm not quite sure I cut the mustard, but I'll do my best.
1: <laughs> I think you are in good company and you have uh, a strong reason to be here. I think many people are going to be very inspired by your story and, and all that you've accomplished. Um, oh, thank you. Does your story begin in in New York? Is that where you were born?
2: Yes. Oh, can't you tell from my accent? <laughs> the longer we talk, the worse it'll get.
1: Okay, well, that's <laughs> a level of comfort that's growing. Then, so <laughs> yes. I'll take that as a good sign. Yes. Um, and so, uh, whereabouts in New York in the city?
2: I'm from Queens originally. Um, my my parents, uh, my mother was lifelong fifth generation New Yorker, and my dad is. Um, was one of fifteen, and uh, half of his siblings were born in Prochida, and the other half were born here in Brooklyn. Isn't everybody from Brooklyn? You know, <laughs> at some point.
1: That's fantastic. And do you have siblings?
2: Yes, um, very close. I have I have two sisters, um, older than I. I'm the baby.
1: Okay. <laughs> right. And um, you started out. Uh, you went to school at Marymount
2: yes well i was a queen's kid and uh i went to catholic school diocesan school as my sisters did before me um you know the neighborhood i grew up in is each of us had a group of friends that were in another family that are the same age so Mm. i'm still very close to a lot of the people i grew up with um and then i got a shot to go to marymount which was like big doings to go into the city Mm. and um It, you know, was life changing for me. Um, It was such a great opportunity and so much that I learned there and so many people that I met there. You know, that was really what helped um, when I had my boys um, thinking about where my other son would go to school. I mean, it was just always in my mind's eye that we would go back to the city at some point point. I went to Villanova for college. And that's where I met my husband.
1: Right, right. You've been very active with Marymount. Uh, yes, served on, uh, you're on the board of trustees. You also ran their alumni organization for nine years. Um, there is a great anecdote that I found about Sister Kathleen Fagan. I hope I'm pronouncing her last name. That's
2: right. Properly. She was the headmistress um, right. when I was in high school, yeah.
1: You had some concerns about <laughs> the contents of the I vending that machine. story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: And uh, please tell us what her reaction was, because well, you I feel know, like it's that's a brilliant thread for later in life.
2: It 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 is true. Um, we there's Marymount in Manhattan has uh, the lunch room is called Tea House, so you know, which is a little bit. Finishing schoolish, which is not really where I belong. But Marymount at the time, you figure well, this is 1978 when I went to Marymount when I started. I graduated in 82 and they had just put uniforms back in. So Sister Kathleen came in as the headmistress and there was a lot of change, there was a lot of tension. So in Tea House, they had um, vending machines, you know just like we've, you know, what a vending machine is with sure. all different things. But in, this is 1978. So I can't even remember what was in there. It was like horrifying. So we didn't like what was in there. So I was always involved in student government, whatever. So I booked a meeting with her and said, you know, I'm really not happy with um, the choices. The girls have asked me to come tell you. She said, Oh, really? So she reaches down and she gets a Yellow Pages, this is how old I am, from under her desk and hands it to me. And she says, all right, will you call a few vendors, bring me three bids, and you you decide what you want to do. You think it's so easy. And I did. And that was that. And then I realized, you know, you get in a pickle, got to do it yourself.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and I did a oh,
2: great job. The vending machines job. were awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well done um that's really great and um there was one um sort of uh comment or quote that came out of that action not complaint affects change
3: mm,
2: well said
1: and it feels well like said. uh that's that's something that you've uh held true to and, and we're we're gonna get to that in just in a moment but um the decision to head to philadelphia to go to college oh, what drove yeah
2: that? you know um again, the times, you know, I've gone through this with my nieces and nephews and, you know, we, there was no internet. I didn't even know where the hell it was, what it looked like (laughs) or whatever, you know, but I, I had criteria, you know, Marymount was very helpful with that. I wanted to stay on the East coast. I wanted to go to a Catholic school. So I narrowed things down and my dad and I went, um, it's the only school I went to see. Wow. I don't know. He must have had an inkling. I was very close to my father also, a very close family. And we were able to take the train to 30th street. And then from 30th street in Philadelphia that they have like a Long Island railroad, like, you know, suburban Hepta, line. Yeah. yeah, Right to the campus.
3: Yeah. That's so funny. he was like, Jack,
2: this is home run. Cause you know, independence is so important to be able to come and go as you want. I wasn't going to have a car. It's not like these days where
3: yeah.
2: who's got what, and I fell in love with the campus. I loved it there. And now our son goes. Our our our. Son. Oh, Andrew's there. Yeah, Andrew's there. That's yeah, fantastic. so which Andrew is a million times smarter than than us. I mean, he is <laughs> just he could have he should have been able to go anywhere he wanted, but he unfortunately went to school during the time of everybody bribing everybody so
1: oh yeah Yeah,
3: so
2: Villanova you know it's a great school it's a great school and shame on me that should have been where we wanted him to go we did but you know at first we were like oh we could have just done that but he is thriving so my love for the school and what it's done for him it's just all being reconfirmed
3: it's a great
2: great placement not to mention the basketball I mean I'd be remiss (laughs) (laughs) we were there in 85
1: right right wow no, it's, it's a nice legacy story, and uh, I'm familiar with Philadelphia because I went to a Philadelphia school as well. You,
2: you went to UPenn, right? I was
1: at Penn, yeah. Yeah,
2: that's a great school. He, yeah. Andrew was in, went to Regis and did a lot of debate. Oh, okay. So he was at UPenn a lot, for they host a lot of debate tournaments. Fabulous, right. fabulous school. Right. Yeah, you're no dope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's still early in the conversation, Jackie. <laughs> Just uh, let's see where we end up. Uh, you met your husband there. Uh, yes, yeah, uh, that's great. And um, so you he was originally from New York as well?
2: Yes, he's from uh, from Huntington from Long Island. Oh, okay. All uh, right, us clear. New Yorkers gravitate towards one another, I guess. <laughs> it's he, the accent. He, <laughs> well, he actually was um the roommate of of a friend. So I would call my friend Nick all the time, and Joe would answer the phone. And he would not talk to me, and I'm like, you know how I, I talk a lot. I say, hey, Joe, how are you? Is Nick in? I'd never met him. Yeah, hold on. So I say to Nick all the time, what's with him? <laughs> so I was bound and determined to get him to speak to me, and wow. then I met him, and that was that.
1: <laughs> wow, well, that worked out well. So after graduating, you both came came to New York.
2: Well, he's he's older than I am, which I love uh-huh. to remind everyone. So he graduated <laughs> in '85, and I graduated in '86. So we okay. did that one year of me down there and him here.
1: Okay. Good. Gotcha. And then,
2: you know, he's let's put it this way, Joe's a risk manager. So okay. that's how my whole life goes. So we had like a two-year engagement and <laughs> I'm like a nut. So we balance each other out.
1: That's important. That Yeah, that's uh, that's critical. And then um you started your career in the textile industry. Was there a particular draw to that sector?
2: Well, you know, it's so funny. Um, I really started my career, my mom had a cosmetic company and a modeling agency when we were kids. My mom was well ahead of her years.
3: Yeah. When
2: I first came home, my sisters had reopened the cosmetic company. Okay. And I went into that for yeah. a year and a half. Then yeah. we tried and we opened a modeling agency. Now this is, we're talking 1987, mm. called the Fabulous 40s. We okay. took women in their 40s nice. and we totally started, We, but that again. That was really we new. About, that
1: was a new concept at the time. We
2: were it. Nice. We were about 10 years ahead, though, of the time. Yeah. We didn't really have enough financing and enough funding to do it. But um, so I needed to get a job, job, and I didn't know. I was an economics major, and Wall Street wasn't really um, mm-hmm. something that was for me at, at the time anyway. You know, the 80s, it was a wild time, so... <laughs> A friend was in the textile business. That's how I got into it.
1: Gotcha. Okay. No
2: great story there. But then I, you know, (laughs) like everything, I rolled my sleeves up. I was in men's dress shirts in the real gray mill, North Carolina, you know, Oh, wow. Backwoods of Georgia. Yeah. It's a very good experience for me.
1: You managed production.
2: Well, I was in, we ran the sales office in New York. Um, So that was really my thing. But um, our parent company was a a huge, and still is, um, garment supplier from the Far East. And they had bought this Burlington mill as a hedge because they didn't know what was gonna happen with Hong Kong. So so it was interesting. There was a lot of really cool people and they bought a a co-op as the office space. You know, it was just such a different, it was just a really cool, those people are still my friends today. We still have a text group, you know.
1: Oh, that's great! Did you spend time in the Far East? Uh,
2: actually, I did with my. I traveled with my mother a lot. My mom traveled for business. She was a mm-hmm. international director of a perfume company, as okay. having on the cosmetics and modeling and all. Sure. So I traveled with her. No, I didn't get to go to um, to travel much with the company. I was really more here, more more in the states, more mm-hmm. in you know places like I said, real you know Dallas and those those types of places. Yeah. Yeah, okay. C. Penny, you know, was we called on those types oh, right. of people. Walmart.
1: Okay, okay. And then um, uh, Joey or Joe Junior. Joey um, was Joey in, Joey in in ninety five.
2: Yes. So yeah. Joe and I got married in eighty nine.
1: Okay. And After the two uh, years engagement.
2: <laughs> exactly. Eighty seven. We were engaged. You So Joe had a plan. So kids were like, you know, ninety five. <laughs> So, I, you know, I, I thank God we had a long time without kids because, you know, kids change your life and ours got changed, really kind of changed. So oh. um, we had that, that period without kids, which everybody should really do. Well, but so. I, I had just been named vice president of the sales office for the company when oh, I was having okay. Joe. And, you know, I laugh at everybody about all the topics of the day. So I was a woman in a textile mm. where everybody was Southern and yeah. I'm Italian Catholic, going down to North Carolina. I would walk into the Hardies down there and everybody would stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: you know,
2: we all get our share of uh, difficulty assimilating, let's say. Yes,
3: yeah, <laughs> wow.
2: So I was at a, at a meeting at the Union League Club and um, textiles. So it's all men, like 42 martini lunch. <laughs> and Joey had been having these I don't know episodes seizures they were to find, right. but I'm in the Union League Club, and I had a cell phone. you know it was like this big. I had to leave, and they tell me, "Oh, it's a seizure disorder." so I was like, "Oh, all right and then it that began our journey of it just never got better.
1: yeah, and that, he was about sixteen months at that time.
2: Yes, he he was, uh, so, you know, now, you know, autism, they start looking early, but this was really the seizure disorder that, that prompted us to, you know, look for help. Yeah. And autism didn't come into the picture, really, because it was, that was still kind of...
1: Very new. new. yeah, yeah. yeah. How, the, how old was Joey when he was diagnosed with autism or being on the spectrum?
2: He was about two and a half, because okay. really it, it came as a function of, he has this seizure disorder, then there's early intervention, which is a real federal program to help kids with disabilities from zero to three, if there's any kind of delay. Um, So once he was three, then you transfer into like the preschool situation. And um, at that point, the only thing that made sense were programs for kids with autism, even though that wasn't even in our lexicon then. Sure. so that's when, and then he was in the classroom with all these other kids, and I was like, you know, what do they have? <laughs> that's yeah. what he looks like. So he had that seizure component early, and as we've gone on, we've come to learn that, you know, almost half the kids on the spectrum have some sort of seizure disorder. So, in in a way, for us, we were lucky. I hate to say that but that that it no, like it itself, though. but you know, at least it was it put us on the path.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, there's so much that has been learned about autism spectrum disorders, uh, but there's still so much left to be learned. And right. um, and certainly at this time was at the very very early stages that people were beginning to to think about and and, and discuss it. There was a program you were trying to get him into when he was around um, seven eight, and it didn't work out. And that right. was kind of the impetus for you to to launch Snack.
2: Right. Um, we, uh, my husband was on wall street, so nine 11 happened. Um, right. And, uh, Joey was getting to the point where school wise, we had gone through early intervention. We had gone through the preschool piece. We had gone through an early childhood program. Now he's about seven. And now it's, what's the next step? And at that point, there weren't as many autism devoted programs. It's, Schools out here on Long Island, anyway, were like a myriad of disability. So there was no specialty school, mm. per se, and I didn't know that that was going to work for him. Mm. Um, plus, you know, my husband's commute had turned into a nightmare, which mm. was not helpful. So we decided to go back to the city, um, mm. and that's where I knew I didn't have a school. I knew I was going into to figure it all out. Andrew was four, so yeah. I totally forgot about him. Figuring, well he can talk and walk, how hard can it be? Not realizing it's Manhattan, where I needed him to be on a list in utero, for God's oh, sake. Yeah,
1: yeah, true. Yeah, and well, and I saw, I read that he had. He was at Marymount briefly. And then yeah. got into Browning. when
2: in doubt, call Sister Kathleen, <laughs> <laughs> you know, she bailed me out. Yeah,
1: that's really sweet.
2: Gosh, oh, thank God. Um, but yeah, I took Joey, I, I figured, well, I started to um, investigate, you know, the programs for, for kids with disabilities. And again, it was things for kids with Downs. There were things mm-hmm. for kids with what, what we used to call MR, mental retardation, which we don't say anymore. Um, this is 21 years ago. Yeah. Uh, kids with cerebral palsy, you know, all specialty services, but nothing for kids with autism. So now you have this this, young fellow with all these delays, with a medical seizure component, who can move, thank God, but getting himself into all kinds of trouble, because sure. he had no physical, you know, issues, yep. couldn't speak, not toilet trained. So yep. he was a barrel of laughs. So um, I tried to take him to a swim program, because he had this fascination with water, and I knew mm. it was just going to be a matter of time.
0: Yeah.
2: And they wouldn't take them at a special needs swim program.
3: Oh my so
2: goodness. I, I got to tell you,
3: wow!
2: It, it was the lowest point really yeah. in my life, you know, getting the diagnosis, yeah, all of that. But to say, oh, look, now here's something for kids like Joe. Exactly. And then you can't reject it. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so then you want to tell me where I go now? Where yeah. do I go? <laughs> so I, you know, got a little angry. So started my own thing.
1: Well, yes. it, you, it's Sister Kathleen's advice from all those years before.
2: Get the yellow pages out. Right, exactly. Do it yourself. <laughs> Do it yourself. You can't Wait. find
1: it. And oddly right.
2: enough, this was like 2003 mm-hmm. when um, we started Snack, and uh, Autism Speaks was starting at the same time. Okay. Um, and that's kind of the known national organization. They don't... Um, they didn't really do service like we do, but you know they were at least putting a name to this. And yeah. you know the Wrights, Bob and Suzanne Wright, who right. have the grandson Suzanne. We've lost uh since, but um, Bob Wright, you know, is a brilliant guy. He's like, "How can nobody know what the hell this is? How are there no programs? What's yeah. going on? Why doesn't nobody know what any what autism means?"
3: Yeah, exactly. So
2: they started at the same time we did. So it's funny, you know. They've grown a little faster than we have. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> but it just shows you at the time, you know, where uh, it was just coming to yeah. explode. This was new territory.
1: Both of you were forging uh, at the outset of something that was really very new and and sorely needed, which um, you were soon to find out. Um, well, what
2: do they say, Mother? You know, the necessity of invention, right? Yeah,
1: Mother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, necessity is the mother of invention. That's exactly. because
2: exactly. right. I really, I really needed needed this for Joe.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the acronym SNAC stands mm-hmm. for Special Needs Activity Center for Kids, but right feel like there's another meaning to to snack there and I'd love for you to share that with our listeners
2: well we um my husband named it because in this world of of special needs you are acronymed to death there's the IEP the individualized education plan the ACA the augmentative communication device so an acronym really I wanted and um kids loved snack so we were trying to come up with something that would make sense and we've since changed our logo we've added an asterisk at the end because it used to be for kids no special needs activity center for kids and now it's for everybody so the asterisk kind of means and everybody else plus as time has gone by and there's you know politically correct you don't say a lot of things anymore so um which I understand, but at the same time, it, it does kind of dilute the message. Joe does have special needs, I'm not ashamed, but yeah. you know they don't like you to say that. They want everybody included, so now we just call it snack. Plus, you don't really want to wear a T-shirt that says special needs, you know, right. I mean, right. <laughs> honestly, really, who does? Yeah. So yeah. No, no, we that put must... that on there so everybody can be proud to wear the things and not be a target or whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um... I saw this, uh, in an article written about you where at, uh, when Joey was seven, you made a promise to him. You said, we're going to have a good time.
2: Yeah. I I vividly, I still remember it. He, uh, as part of having a seizure disorder, you you've got to be hospitalized a couple of times a year for an overnight EEG 24 Mm -hmm. hours Mm -hmm. and they fool around with your medicine and they, they hope you have a seizure. It's a really fun time. Um, they tied, you know, they blew 30-something leads yeah. to your head. Yeah. Now, he's seven years old. He's super hyperactive, having seizures. And I was pregnant with Andrew. And I stayed with him in the hospital, you know, because, you know, I just wanted to. I just wanted to be there. I, I'm a little bit of a control freak, a little bit. <laughs> and I wanted to make sure that his meds were right and whatever. Of course. So of course. At this particular time, it was Easter time. And uh, we're in the hospital, and now we're on, like, day three. It's supposed to be 24 hours, but they, mm. they got to get the right read. You know, you're just, it's just the worst, honestly. And he can move about seven feet from the leads. So um, it was around Easter, and this family comes in um, and brings us Easter baskets because we were in the hospital. And I'm telling you, I, I, I was so... Taken aback by the, yeah. the kindness of, yeah. and then they you know they explain that they have a kid too and they know how hard it is and it just it made me realize then hey this kid's got to do more stuff than this because this 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 is a life that's horrifying he goes to OT, pt and gets his head attached to a wall I mean it's just not the kid never goes anywhere that yeah. has fun yeah. Andrew is now starting to get well at that point I didn't even have Andrew but I just he just never had any fun so. I was determined to make that happen.
1: That's really, it was very moving for me to read that.
2: I have to tell you, and we're in the city and we live on York Avenue. I pass, you know, all the hospitals all the time. And every time we're not in there, I am just so grateful to God. You know, I mean, I feel for everybody who's in there. And I think that's something that happens when you're, you're put in this position yeah. I just really felt compelled. And those people, their kindness was just so overwhelming that, you know, I knew we had the wherewithal to do something and we, we yeah. needed to do something to help other people and to help no. Joey. Because yeah. otherwise, yeah. you know, his life was going to be not very rich.
1: Right, right. Um, I, I read also that... um at the time of your father's passing, which was around the same time as you started SNAC, that's when Joey's seizures stopped.
3: Yeah, the,
2: the, the, you know, the everyday clinical seizures. When he was, um, when we first started to see them, they're, they're, they're called, um, they started out as tonic-clonic seizures, so his, he would yeah. just do this, his oh, head would right. go down and his arms yeah. would go, it was like he was slow motion, frozen in time, but they would come in clusters. So this would happen like 25 times in five sets. Oh, so you're wow. talking hundreds, hundreds of seizures every day from when we realized and recognized that they were seizures until that time. We took them everywhere. We went to every doctor. No one could figure out how to make these things these things stop. So we had this fantastic doctor. There's a couple um, at NYU dr Orrin davinsky he's everybody know he's a, the, the greatest and he had a, a woman come in for a short period of time to do peds uh, dr mary Zupons, a mom she has like a thousand kids i don't know how this woman did what she did she was like you know we were about to do a, a surgery called the vagus nerve stimulator oh, which is wow. a they put in it's like a pacemaker yeah, for seizures yeah. and when you see them coming because we did have warning you run this like magnet over it and it would cut off whatever it would prevent it from happening you know joe wouldn't be able to do it himself but it would would help sure so we were ready to do it we were scheduled and uh we lose my dad my my dad passed away in february that following january we were ready and uh she was mary said the doc let's just crank up his meds to like lethal horse dose because he could take a lot it seemed just before, you know, before you do something invasive like that,
3: yeah,
2: yeah. and the next thing you know, I said to Joe, "Did he have a seizure today?" And so there was there was no rational explanation. Honestly, I'm not a crazy person, but I mean, there was no other way that I, nobody could tell us. Yeah. Nobody could tell us how they came, and nobody could tell us how they went. But really amazing.
3: Wow
1: that's extraordinary uh, yeah good good on that doctor and good on you to sort of take the pause and say yeah let's see if before we do something well
3: just
2: you've had an experience you see how involved you have to be in your oh, own health
3: absolutely you know
2: and i've had so many conversations with doctors you know it's I don't know why people resign them to sit and listen and not give, I mean, we could all be doctors. I mean, no disrespect, but yeah, when you, when you have a sick child, there's nobody who knows more about your child's absolutely. illness and how meds work and what happens than you do.
3: Yeah, and
2: they are fools to not listen to you. And I tell parents that all the time, if it's not working, you're not with the right doctor. Exactly. They, smart ones know that they're going to ask you cause they, they can't be with them. They don't know.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's exactly right. So So. many
2: times I've posed that question. If it was your child, what would you do? Right? You know, and one of my favorite things is, so Joe's got idiopathic seizures, right? Nobody knows where it came from. Nobody's really talking about autism. There is no test. So they would come up with all of these horrific tests we could try. And I'd say, okay, so then you're going to put a what where? And then when we find out that that's what it is, what's the cure? Oh, we don't have that. I said, okay. He's 2, okay? He's 2. So we're not going to do that now. If you have an answer, perhaps. But yeah. you know, you got to use your head sometimes. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 2 years 2 years, you know, little kids getting muscle biopsies. It was just oh. just the worst worst time in our life. Yeah.
1: Well, um, snack has become uh, an amazing center. Joy. The (laughs) lives. Yes, joy. (laughs) It's it's such joy and touch the lives of so many people, but the path to get it there was very challenging. I'm sure it's with everything. Um, And so maybe share with us what were some of the more challenging moments. I mean, I've read about rent not being able to be covered and uh, things like that, but love to hear from you.
2: Sure. Well, you know, there's no blueprint for any of this stuff, right? How do you start a not-for-profit? With and anything, God forgive me, you go to do through the government, you might have just, well, blow your brains out. It's like the Department of Motor Vehicle and the Post Office all rolled up into one. <laughs> so I first couldn't get my 501c3 put through, you know, right. it was so complicated. So Joe and I, my husband and I thought, all right, they're not going to take him in the special needs program. So let's do our own thing. So we'll find a space. We'll hire some of the teachers from school after school. Um, and, you know, let's do the math. I was paying $150 an hour at the time to a therapist to work with him, which is, you know, you can't do that for very long. I don't care who you are.
0: Right.
2: Um, so and the ideal setup for kids like Joe was six kids in a classroom. Um, you know, more th- no more than that. So all right, so if we have six kids, it's hundred and fifty dollars, so we whacked that out. Then they all kind of need one to one, maybe two to one, maybe one teacher to two kids. You have the lead, so I did the mail, so I'm like all right i'm at I'm at three hundred and eighty dollars. I have forty dollars this. It was all super, except I forgot like I didn't take a salary, you, you know it was fine for having two hours once a week, but i could there was no money to do anything, and it was never going to be enough because I could never have the way all these programs with kids make money is they have 4,000 kids and one oh, teacher, yeah. right? So you, that's, you can't do that with our kids. So we then converted to being a not-for-profit got to deal with IRS and Kentucky, <laughs> but we got it. I got consultants. I got, and I'm just relentless.
1: Yeah. That's what which it used to be, Jackie.
2: When it's your kid, Yeah. I, you know, I was kind of always like that in business, but you know, all of a sudden when Joey got all these issues, I lost my passion for men's dress shirts. And you know, I used to care so much about, see this blue? This is the blue. And then I was like, is it blue enough? (laughs) Leave me alone, it's blue. You know, it just, nothing, it was, I lost it. So I I can't work like that. If it didn't mean to me what it used to, I, you know.
1: Yeah, that's right. So this
2: became, and I, I did my damnedest to go through the programs that were available free of charge. Everything's available free of charge. Like you're taking advantage of people charge. I'm like, take advantage of me, charge me this way. I can tell you your program stinks. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. if it's free, what am I going to say?
3: Yeah.
2: You know, and that's what they do. You, they send you to these free programs with broken toys in a godforsaken place. You wouldn't take your dog to, and then what are you supposed to do? Complain? Cause you're, you're on the dole. You know, it's not fair. And they take yeah. advantage of people. So it's people who, have the means that need to get involved to say this isn't acceptable for anyone that's right well anyone and these so-called do-gooders they're also beaten down and stuck in red tape and bureaucracy and it was just horrifying so i was like you know what we're gonna have lots apple juice we're gonna buy a brand and we're gonna have enough of it and we're gonna have paper and crayons that aren't broken and all the puzzle pieces are going to be there yeah. it's not going to be something nice. so we we did it we just yeah. started I started for two hours then an opportunity came for me to take a lease from somebody now again Joe the risk manager is like well how are we gonna do this where's the business plan I was like yeah I got it right here wait a minute you know we <laughs> jumped in <Yeah>. to everything <laughs> And I backed into figuring it out. We, yeah. we, we took, we put all our money into it. But what the hell are we gonna wow. do? Money, money couldn't find. Fix Joey. Still yeah, can't. Yeah. What the hell good is it? If not yeah. to do at least something. Yeah. We don't travel. We don't go anywhere. He can't fly. You know, we've tried to make Andrew's life as awesome. But if, there's so many things we've missed
3: True.
2: because we both can't go because Joey's not good. One of us goes yeah. with. You know. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah
2: but it wasn't easy. It's no, but I don't look at not for profit business as any different than I do regular business. I mean, that's the right it, way to business.
1: think about it. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. And yeah, if, sure. I don't want anything that's free for what I saw. So everybody has to pay at snack. Yeah. Now we make it reasonable. It, I, I charge the same things that it would be a class that Andrew was going to go to, even right. though they could have 9,000 people and you know, we don't have that luxury and then we fundraise the business. It was a pretty simple model we fundraise for the other half. We, we, we charge half and we fundraise half. And if you can't afford it, you tell us that and we figure it out.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's the right model.
2: And not everybody. It's amazing. How do I say this? Like, you know, I get myself in trouble a lot, but I have mothers who can't afford it. Yeah. Who would rather pay $25 a week and, you know, take, one class, and then I have people who could buy me, you, and everybody in between us, and complain about everything. Yeah. I don't want them. Yeah. Snack is not, you know, I'll take your kid, and in our contract it says, we don't turn anybody away because of their behavior. The kids, because the kids are challenging. That's right. It's very challenging, but your parents, you're another story. I'll yeah. throw you out,
3: yeah.
2: no problem. I want that teacher, how come he's ahead of me? I'm like, are you kidding? Do you want that plight? That kid has seizures. That's why he has two two teachers in the pool. Is that what you want? Yeah. Come on, take him, get out. I'm yeah. sorry for your kid that he's stuck yeah. with you. Cause it's, that's really what it yeah.
1: is. No, so true. So,
2: you know, I try not to be like that, but we have such a wonderful community for the most part. And no one should be stuck with people they don't want to be with.
1: Agreed. No, absolutely. You have to no, make those words.
2: All the time. Yeah. Yeah. No say. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, and um uh, the community has taken notice. You've been uh uh New York ones New Yorker of the week three times.
2: Imagine? One of my uh, it's pretty funny. I'm like, you guys must be either A, be getting desperate or <laughs> I lost New Yorker of the year though to Winton Marsalis, So, I still haven't <laughs> gotten that
3: title yet. <laughs>
1: gotcha well hopefully soon um the un has invited you to speak on uh not one but two panels
2: yes um the you know autism speaks has done such tremendous stuff with bringing really global attention to to autism and they began um this first world autism day with some wonderful wonderful people from the un and we have a lot of kids um from the un that come to our program, it's, wow. it's interesting. I think a lot of people come to the States because we have so much, you know, we still don't have a lot, but we have more than most places do. Yeah, because you right,
1: you're on the east side on 53rd and the UN now, is-
2: Yeah, yeah, right there, it's right there. Yeah, it's right okay. there. So um, yeah, that was wonderful. I I, I still to this day, am Facebook friends with the other mothers. It was a panel of moms from all over the world. Mm. Um, and we, you know, we all said we all cry in the same language, and you know that. And we all, my story was no different than the woman from South Africa, from the woman from Qatar, from the woman from you know. Our, my son does this, so does mine. My son does this. You know, it's just such a unifying, um, sad, but uh, it, it was just wonderful to to meet all these women. And subsequently, um, one of the moms, Jill Stacy, put a book together. Um, with moms writing chapters from all over the world. And I contributed a chapter to that, which I was really, really honored to be involved in.
1: It just came out in 2018. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's extraordinary, that's great. In 2013, you were honored at the uh, New York Moves uh, Power Women Awards Gala.
2: Oh my God, I almost died. Tom Selleck was there. I thought I was gonna faint, (laughs) (laughs) it was such a trip. I mean, everybody was so famous, and then me. I guess they picked one, like, you know, one normal person, non-celebrity. It's amazing. Uh,
1: you, given what you've accomplished, I think uh, it's more meaningful than some of the celebrities who have just shown up on a screen.
2: It was a, it was a real, there was a woman general, Ann Woody. Hmm. She was on, she and I were at the gambling tables all night after everything was over just <laughs> I love unbelievable that. unbelievable people it was really an honor to be recognized it was a Good. hoot i got Good. to do a photo shoot you know it was terrific uh and they brought attention uh, you know about us which was really something
1: yeah no that's important um i know that the the honors and the accolades are, are nice but the true achievement is really what you've been able to to do and the number of lives you've been able to touch um, we've talked a little bit in the conversation, Jackie, about how many balls that needed to be juggled and, and you've expressed admiration for women who have done similar things, but I'm really curious, what, what, what do you do to take care of yourself? Does the self-care enter into your, uh, activity schedule at all?
2: Um, you know, I get asked that so much. I still haven't come up with a good answer. Um, but I, uh, Sonia Sotomayor was the speaker at, at a Marymount graduation. Oh, nice. You know, I'm trying to, one of those years. And um, she was advising the, you know, the girls that were graduating um, about a career path and school and what you do with your life. And she said, you know, helping people is something that if you don't have that in what you're doing, you're not doing the right thing. Cause that's really what help, that's what I do. When I can help some, that's, then I feel great. Mm. If things aren't working and we're running out of money and I gotta do, then I just, you know, I, I can't function. I you know I get depressed. A lot of our moms with, you know, so I go to a psychiatrist, a lot of people, you know, don't like to talk about that. But I, you know, I remember nine eleven. we all went to give blood cause we didn't know what was gonna happen in in New York City we were all lined up triple around the block and on the tree outside, there was a sign that said, yes, you can give blood. If you're on an antidepressant, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> it's so commonplace, but nobody talks about it. <laughs> well, so you, I appreciate you, your you,
1: willingness to be candid. Thank you.
2: You, you, you. This is a tough gig here. You know, these kids, they don't sleep. They have medical issues. Joey's self injurious. Yeah. He's hurt me. He's hurt us you know he's he doesn't mean it and i have tons of kids in the same boat There's not a week that goes by that i'm not witnessing somebody having a seizure somewhere that's very traumatic you know it's traumatizing
3: uh, of course
2: um but again what makes me feel good about it is having an answer and helping these guys have a solution and coming up with new things so I'm, you know i'm not a real big many petty person, you know, it doesn't really float my boat. We do yoga at snack. I, okay. you know, I try to participate in that. I know I have to exercise. I've recently just lost a ton of weight.
1: Congratulations.
2: I can tell you about, I had that That's bariatric never, surgery. I okay. couldn't do it. Okay. I just couldn't do it between menopause and yeah. um, my life. <laughs> it just, no matter what I did, I could eat 4,000 carrots and gain pounds. You know, just mm-hmm. stress is yeah. a tough thing. So, Absolutely. I had a gastric sleeve bypass. Okay. This is, it'll be two years in October. I've lost a okay. great amount of weight, so I'm healthy. That's what I did for me. Wonderful. I took the time to do that. It took a long time of preparation and planning. And, you know, me having surgery was not an easy feat, but mm-hmm. I, you know, we were able to pull it off.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Congrats, I don't lie
2: about you anything. You figured that out yet? <laughs> <laughs> I tell the truth.
1: That's it. so, well it's critical for what you're doing yeah well and i think a lot of parents who bring their children to you they feel that confidence because you're not going to bs them
2: no there's no time for that we've all had enough of that i don't have all the answers i'm the first one to tell you that but what yeah. i do know and what i can do you know really helps us all get through the week it so, really does and keep so, our kids at home yeah, yeah you know for exactly. many of us there's not enough programs anymore for for guys to go. So what we as families have to decide is if we want to send our kids off to a residential school before they're 21, right. then they're guaranteed a spot. It seems rather unfair, doesn't it? it does. You know. So you know these are. We, I do a ton of advocacy work. It's something I'm really really passionate about. Um, I'm a little boring to tell you the truth because you know it, it gets you involved in politics, it gets you involved in a lot of different things that I had absolutely zero interest in except from this vantage point i mean it just it it has to be done and it it's very telling if you can't take care of the most vulnerable in our society well and i think obviously we all see we're not we're not doing a lot of things well lately
1: yeah no it's so true you've had to navigate these uh complex waters uh in order to get uh what you need uh, to get done and it's really really admirable.
2: Well, that's one of the spokes and, you know, the wheels of what makes Snack Snack is no complexity because our parents yeah. are, first of all, when you call us, we answer the phone. We don't have voicemail because that's all we get. You yeah. leave your name and your number and within 48 hours, someone will get back to you and you're in a crisis and you just, yeah. you want to just talk to somebody.
3: That's right. It's
2: the worst thing you get. Yeah. So we don't have that. We don't have a lot of paperwork if you want to come to, there's no waiting list we have a little bit of a waiting list now it's swimming only because you know i don't have my own capacity,
1: pool capacity yeah
2: you know that's but that's never my intention i hate these programs you're calling them I'm kind of like 2023 right, right. we just add more teachers i get more space we do more things you know i don't that's, that's not my i don't get off on telling people you can't come
3: you yeah know? Or
2: yeah fill out a 42 page dossier and your APGAR scores and the kid's right. 22, you right. know, get out of here.
3: Yeah, Don't want it. Nice. Don't want to
2: be part of it.
1: That's so important. That's really great. Um, when did you join the Hawthorne foundation uh, on, as a board? Um, uh,
2: well, um, when we did move to Manhattan, um, Joe didn't have a school. So I was in search of a school and I went to our local department of education and, uh, I just could not believe the nonsense. Really, I couldn't believe it. There were no—they they put you through this whole evaluation process, and Joe, who doesn't speak, and none of the evaluations are modeled for someone who's not verbal. So they're asking him stuff, and he's not answering. I'm like, so how long is this going to go on before I turn the table? Do you, do you see and a pattern?
1: Had, is there a pattern developing here, it guys? It's
2: the number four hundred and twenty-two, perhaps. <laughs> then he had to build a tower with the blocks, you know, which he was throwing and throwing them on the floor. I mean, it's just, you know, he's not not intelligent. It's just not where he's at. Yeah. So it was just so damn frustrating. So they put him through this horror show and then they come out with this education plan. So he needed a, a setting of no more than six kids, blah, 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 this formula. I'm like, okay, so where do I go now? They're like, oh, we don't have a place. <laughs> so it's like, all right, again, I'm going to turn the table over. So it's a formula for nothing how what is that what yeah. in hell is that you know, so in new york where you can only have something like this there's a a um a category of school called a non-public school is that like a double yeah, negative sure. not <laughs> so what the hell is that
1: yeah yeah have yeah. so it in la one? as well
2: okay so um meaning that you know your districts can't serve you so they refer you out to right. these state funded, whatever. So luckily for us, the Horthon Foundation is based in Westchester, we're in Manhattan. They had just opened an annex in Harlem and they had a new classroom. So oh. when this, this fellow that I'm meeting with is telling me all this horrible news, I start to cry. I mean, I really, I just, you know, I took my glasses off and I, I said to him, how can you do this to people?
3: Yeah.
2: You know, how do you do, how do you, I said, is this what you went to school for? to right. sit here and torment people like this with I said you see him so he said come here so he gave me a piece of paper and he wrote the Hawthorne Country Day School on it and I got in a cab with Joey and I went up
3: nice.
2: and I Joey's Joey got the last spot in the last classroom that they opened you know shortly thereafter I said how can I help so I went on the board then and I believe so much in what they do I mean 50 percent of the people they serve how our low income need the lunch money, that whole plan, you know, there's a lot of private schools in Manhattan too, that you have to like, you know, mortgage your house and you can pay for, but not everybody can do that. So I'm so happy to be part of that. But again, the, 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 you know, the bureaucracy and it's infinite wisdom. When Joey was about 13, Hawthorne's charter went up to 12 for the annex in Manhattan. Okay. And we were on a variance. And then all of a sudden they pulled the variance from Hawthorne. and said, you can't have the older kids with the younger kids. We're not giving you an age expansion. Get rid of all the older kids.
3: Oh, man. So
2: I said, okay, we can play that game. So I put them in a private school and sued them for $150,000. What the tuition is. What do you want me to tell you? You know, you, you forced my hand here.
3: Nice. nice, So we
2: were, we were fortunate to go to um, was, was the McCartan school is now the Keswell school. Um, And they were, it came at a time when Joe first began um, to become self injurious and aggressive. It was his teen years. Puberty is fun for anybody, Never mind when you're on the spectrum. So I still am on the board at Hawthorne now. I'm the vice president. Uh, We've done some tremendous things. We have a lot of tremendous things planned. We've had, we have group homes. We've had folks with COVID, you know, we've only Mm -hmm. had one case, but we do, they do a fantastic job with very little funding. Um, so I'm very proud to still be part of that. Wonderful. When you have a an IEP, they have a, a family member, a, a parent person needs to be at your IEP meeting to like yeah. help you. So I became one of those for a long uh, period of time okay. because I was just so grateful for all well, the yeah. help we had. But so, it's funny, you see so many people who have such a hang up. well, my son's gonna be labeled. I'm like, well, do you think people don't know there's something wrong with them? Like, what's the That's matter bad. with you? <laughs> You
1: should have a label. Yes. What's the matter yeah, with let, people? Uh, let your child have a chance to thrive.
3: Because yeah. oh, you're That's embarrassed. Cool. What's the, matter, the matter with
1: you? About <laughs> it. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. Well, uh, Jackie, some exciting things have been going on at Snack. I read about the fashion shows, and I saw Joey participated. Yes. It was really great.
2: <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh gotcha. Well and, and what are some of the other initiatives that you'd like to take on at Snack and what what direction would you like to see it go in?
2: Well, you know, it's funny. The um I always thought that Snack should be everywhere. Like every every city really needs a place like this for the kids that need this level of service. Uh, understanding of course they're not the majority but but they are there. And that, you know, if there was a place where families could gather like we do, because you know very well when you're in a different placement than your your local one, it's your, the friends and things your kids make, they're not, you have no real community. Exactly. So snack becomes that in lieu of having, you know, not being at the local school. So that's something I've always thought, something I didn't know. I mean, if I had known what I knew, forget it. <laughs> I thought I was going to do this like, you know, a couple hours a week. And then it went into swimming because swimming is such an important, important skill for our kids. For some Mm -hmm. reason, they all gravitate towards water. Um, and you know, they have no sense of danger, not a good combination. So we, we, I've done a lot of the things that I've wanted to do, but what was always in the back of my mind was when they were, when the guys turned 21 and you know, we've, that's, we've just really completed that in terms of, we have programming for the guys when you, you know, they say when you fall off the cliff and there's nothing, and there really is nothing. And I guess, uh, you know, the next thing is residential, you know, where's Joe gonna live? And where are the guys that his cohort that have all come up together? yeah where are we where are they going to live and how is it going to be right now this covid situation has just been of course you know so so revealing about the flaws that i knew were there but so many in it in a different way that i hadn't even realized if you're if joe had gone into a residential program at this point and i i have no problem with a residential program many kids need to do that the families haven't been able to see them for 90 days or whatever this is of
0: course yeah, because yeah, it's, right. it's
2: we're isolating
3: oh wow!
2: how would i ever explain that to him he would you know i you know i'm grateful that we don't have to experience that but many many families yeah. are experiencing that. Yeah. i don't know how people can be having a protest and that can be allowed next to each other and a family member can't visit a disabled person i don't know there seems to be something wrong with that
3: yeah exactly
2: um I'd like to see national legislation too, you know, IDA and ADA and all these things we have, they don't have a lot of meat once the guys are 21, you know, with with under 21, you have fate entitled to a free right. and a per- that's how you can sue. There's nowhere to sue now. There's no legislation to, to go to. So there's something called the Individuals with Disability Act. Um, Chuck Schumer's introduced, they've introduced it several times, but. They're all so busy in nonsense that, you know, helping the people that need help is something yeah, that doesn't yeah. really seem to get on the agenda often. But that's what we need. You know, yeah. the, the national legislation doesn't have enough teeth. Gosh. So um, yeah. so we're doing advocacy and we're doing residential and that's where I see us going. You know, with Zoom now, we can be everywhere.
3: Yeah, that's, that's another true. thing I
2: never thought of. <laughs> so we've got people calling in from all over participating uh-huh. in classes and I have helped A million people open up something similar, not so much a snack, but all over the country, all over the world, really. I have no problem with that. We host people. They come to New York, they come, they want to see. I don't know how the hell they find us, but they do. (laughs) So that, then I want to continue doing that. I don't charge people, you know, like people like, what's the fee? I'm like, for what? I'm like, buy a bag of coffee. We sell coffee. You know, if you want to make a donation, great. But that's just, I've never been like that. That's probably why I've never been very successful in business in terms of making money. I just can't be like a (laughs) certain things. You got it. If you can't give things away, what good are you?
1: True. No, I can understand that. Would you ever get into uh, a residential program? Create one?
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I did have the opportunity to, to um, work on a committee with the Catholic church here because the Catholic church has an enormous amount of property. Yes. Property is obviously one of the first problems we have. Yeah. Where um, we have a there's a Medicaid funded program called Self Direction, where if the kids are home, uh, they get their own budget. Yeah, and you know they can self direct. What do they want? They they need somebody to help them. You know, go to work or whatever. So, with that, there's a residential component, and we were able to introduce the concept to the church. And a a parish in Staten Island refurbished a um, former convent Mm. and eight young individuals on the spectrum, first time living away from home, have moved in just, we were having a ribbon cutting ceremony planned for March that didn't happen. Mm. And it has been successful beyond our wildest imagination. I mean, this smart technology also, there's something called Simply Home. They've got Mm -hmm. these... um, they call them butlers, but they're like a old fashioned computer thing. What's, what's that called? You know, uh, console. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, that c- can be customized. So mm. if one, one fellow's parents are not, you know, if he opens the door after a certain time, they get an alarm at home. Wow. And mm. then they say, hey bud, what's going on? He said, I just took the garbage out, leave me alone. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's, technology can be so freeing. So exactly. that's my first foray, um, just, cons- just helping. Yeah. Um, but who knows? That's, that's my plan for yeah. Joe. Yeah.
3: Excellent. He's
2: 25. He doesn't want to live with us anymore. That's <laughs> apparent.
1: <laughs> wow. That's great. Jackie, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate all that you've shared. I appreciate all the great work you do, the lives you're impacting and your candor, your willingness to be open and honest. I'd like to stay in touch. Next time I'm in New York, next I'm able to be in New York. I'd love to yes. say and say hello. Terrific. Be well. Be well, Jackie. Thanks again. Thanks again.
0: Achieve is recorded at Subtractive in Hangar 8 at the Santa Monica Airport. Music is produced by Hennedy.